Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever the mission, home or away, Enterprise helps over 120,000 people every day. With vans of all shapes and sizes, if you have a plan, Enterprise has a van. No matter if you need to rent for an hour, a day, a week or longer, Enterprise offers great rates for you or your business. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello and welcome to another Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcast with me. Yes, he's back. That fellow off the telly with great hair, Andy Goldstein. Great hair, I said. Not grey hair. Great hair. Um, great. Great with a T, not grey. Anyway, I mean, it's quite important, actually. I don't have one grey hair, but I do have great hair. Anyway, we have a great podcast. Not a great podcast, a great podcast. They do sound quite similar, those words. Grey and great. Grey and... No, they don't. Anyway, Tim Sherwood was on breakfast with Alan Brazil and Danny Mills comparing Jack Grealish, what, to Paul Gascoigne? Yeah, for me, I think they've missed the boat with him, to be honest. I think he should have been already. In these in these last few games, he should have been. I know he's picked up an injury, but I'm not sure he was included anyway. You know, we're going to have two friendlies in March. Al. I think it might be a bit late for Jack. 100% they missed the boat on him. I mean, this kid, is the boy is his friend. He's something different. I love Mount. I think he's got goals. I think he gets himself in the area. He runs without the ball. Um, I like Madison. I think he receives it in the tight. He's got good awareness, can see a pass, and started yeah. adding goals. But Jack takes the ball to the opposition. He goes right at the heart of people. He dribbles it like Paul Gascoigne. He's got a long way to go before he's anywhere near Paul Gascoigne, by the way. But if he was surrounded by them great international play, young players, what we've got there at the moment, yeah. I think we have missed the trick because wow. this kid is special. Mm. This kid's special. We can see a play. He creates a melee. He got three or four around. He was the most fouled player in any league he ever plays in because he creates a melee. But he sees the pass and he releases it at the right time. Yes, he's got to add more goals to his game. He won't ever score as many goals as Mason Mount will. But what he does, he releases players with freedom because he creates such a crowd around him. Yeah, and by the way, anyone who thinks he lacks pace, he's deceptively, no. uh, he is not slow, is he, Tim? He's quicker with the ball than he is without it. That's mm. a mindset. You know, if it, we're out of possession, yes, he needs to get himself back round. If he's going to play if he's going to play a six and two eights, uh, I would definitely be playing him. I would be playing Mountain, Mountain Grealish, uh, either side of Harry Winks at the moment. And I think we've also missed the boat with Phil Foden. You know, I think that's yeah, an exceptional talent. You know, no game time, you know, but but who is? Which which other players in that England squad would have game time if they were at Man City? With Gundogan, De Bruyne, sure. Bernardo, sure. David Silva, Rodri, Fernandino. You know, none of them England players are getting in that team anyway. So yeah. give the kid a break. If you think he's good enough, just bring him in. Bring him in and play him. Tim, good point now. Phil Foden, you're absolutely right. Now, Silva will leave City at the end of the season and uh, are they going to buy another superstar or will Phil get his chance? I think he'd get his chance. I mean, big big shoes to fo follow them, aren't they? You know, David Silva probably been the greatest player Man City have had 
ever. You know, this kid's special. I think he feels right to stay around there. I think he's learning off the best manager in the world. I think he's around superstar players. But unfortunately, it's not helping his international career. From one Danny to another, this one being Danny Murphy. How about that for a link? He was with Jim White and Natalie Sawyer. They were responding, no one says responding, they were responding to Roy Key's comments on Declan Rice. Roy Keane, and I'm reading his verdict in the Daily Mail, and he is an absolute pot at Declan Rice. And he says, plenty of aspects Declan Rice needs to improve. Where do I start? I work with him for the Republic of Ireland. Uh, he says, Roy Keane says, his positional play needs work. I don't think he's been consistent enough. Keeps on making the same mistakes. You do worry about his football intelligence. He's 20. Declan's 20. Look, it, it's when when you're doing TV punditry and it's live, and you you know sometimes you got you you start talking about something and and get yourself carried away. But it's I'm I'm not I'm not sticking up for Roy Keane because I, I do think he went over the top, and there's probably a little bit in him that is is not happy with the fact he jumped ship from Ireland or he sees it as him jumping ship. I think he made the right decision, if I'm being honest. But Declan's a wonderful player, and and you're right, Jim. You make a great point. He's 20 years old now. He's been playing every week in West Ham's side in the Premier League from a teenager, to, you know, from 19, 18, 19 to now. And for the majority of the last season and a half, he's been their best player mm. and progressed more than anyone ever thought he would really quickly, which is credit to him. And that, that suggests to me he does have football intelligence. The other thing is he's moved from defensive position into midfield and you have to learn that role. And you learn, you learn when, as you play. The other thing is international football, you know, it's very different, different from club football. For lots of reasons, and and not playing European football at club level means you only get to learn about that when you're playing international football. So he's going to be, he's going to have good and bad games. It's inevitable. It's twenty years of age, no matter who you play for. Um, so I think it's a little bit harsh, and I, I I do think his positional play is good, and I and I do think he spots danger and tracks runners very very well. He's very disciplined. Hence the fact all the plaudits he's got. Yeah. In isolated games, of course. He's, but you remember, playing for West Ham, who are struggling, he, mm. he's not playing with brilliant, the top, top players every week. He's not at City or Liverpool or Spurs. You know what I mean? It's it's a bit harsh. I, I think Declan's got a super future ahead of him. And, and knowing him, he, I'm sure he's the type of lad who'll take a bit of criticism on the chin. You've got to in football these days. And, and keep he does work hard anyway. He's He's got a, he's got a great future. And, and I think Roy Keane's probably only saying what he thinks in, in the moment. I'm sure he. I'm sure he's also giving plaudits along the way. Uh, now a lot of people have said, "Why weren't you on the uh, Andy Goldstein Sports Bar?" Well, it was still called the Andy Goldstein Sports Bar, but of course today, yesterday, now I was on Drive alongside the wonderful Matt Holland. By the way, if you listen to this on Tuesday tonight from 4 p.m., I'm with Jason Cundy. Anyway, here are some because there was lots. Some of the best bits from Drive. People ask me about Roy Keane. What's what, you know? What's it? Why is he so good? Why is he so good? I said, well, he's always got time on the ball. Always got time on the ball. He finds space on the pitch. Um, he, and they always say, what's he the best at? Because he's not, you know, he's not the best header of a ball. He's not the best passer of a ball over 40, 50 yards, diagonal balls like Beckham could do. He wasn't the best finisher. You know, <laughs> skulls in terms of front, in front of goal was better than Roy Keane. He was the best player I've seen playing a, a 15, 20-yard pass through midfield into a front man's feet. The best I've ever seen at that. I mean, he, he talked about the pace that he used to put on these passes. And I, I talked about the story earlier where against Cyprus where he passed the ball and I gave it away. And he, he used to really rattle the ball into you, make sure you control it. Um, I think Rio Ferdinand's talked about it. First day of training, people turn up and, and he tests them. He, he wants to know how good they are. 
he is a technically gifted footballer, but he wasn't the best at any of those individual facets. But he drove that team on like you couldn't believe. I mean, uh, the determination, the, the, the leadership, the drive, you know, never beaten, um, just a, a fabulous all-round footballer. What was he like to be around? Not necessarily on the pitch, but did, did you want to always give your best when you were with him? Definitely. You never Definitely. wanted. There was to always let... pressure. There was always pressure playing with Roy, you know, because he, his standards were like you can't believe. I, I mean, honestly, I, I know, I, look, the World Cup stuff we'll, we'll perhaps talk about in, in a bit more detail if you like. But um, he, he wanted the best for everything. He wanted he wanted the best pitch. He wanted the best you know the best training facilities, um, the best travel. He wanted everything the best for for his teammates, and um, his standards were just absolutely ridiculous in training. You know. If you're on his team in a five-a-side, you made sure you won the game. End of story. Really? I mean, you just even can't, even the, the, that? The, the, the determined... The, he, ha, he had to win. It didn't matter. He, it, I, there was a drive and a desire about him that you, I don't think I've ever seen in any other football. Was he underrated? I think everyone realises how good a player he was. If I know, you, but if we, you start talking said, about best ever said, Premier League teams, Roy Keane gets in it, yeah, but We've he? never ever said world-class with Roy Keane, have we? Well, that's what, I, think, I think because if you were to compare, say, Roy Keane and Zinedine Zidane, in terms of technical ability, Zidane is a much better footballer yeah. than, than Roy Keane. But if you're talking about an influence on a team, Roy's influence on a, on a side was huge. You know, he did it for Ireland. Of course he did. He was the best player. You know, of, of, of the Ireland squad, he was the one player that would have walked into any other international team. Mm. Absolutely would have walked into any other international side. No problem at all. Um, but he did it at United as well, where he's got world-class players around him. And, and he drove them on. And... It, he was the one that set the benchmark. He set the standards that everyone else had to follow. And he also had that link, we're led to believe, between Fergie and the rest of the team. You know, well, he ran the dressing room, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, Roy ran the dressing room. Simple as that. He said, you know, if you're talking about someone being late for training, they wouldn't do it twice because Roy King would be in their ear and telling them. If you gave the ball away in training, honestly, it's, it's like you what, what sort of person committed was a crime. Off the field, then you, you touched on it earlier on. Would you sit and have a company. laugh and a joke with yeah, him and a cup could. of coffee? You could, and I think there's, I think you, you see bits of that with him on television as well. Is that you know, the, occasionally he says things and there's a glint in his eye. You can see. He's, is that him on telly? Is that, is that him? Yeah, it is him. That's it is him. him. There's there's a humour about him. He has, you know, he has his. Um, you could be sat. I used to love sort of trying to grill him really about what United. What they did at United, how they got the best out of them, what what things were they doing away from training? You know, were they doing extra? Because Giggs talked about doing Pilates and stuff like that. Were they doing extra stretching? Were they taking supplements? What were they doing that made them fitter, stronger, better than everyone else? And I always grilled him about things, and he'd be brilliant company. You could sit around a dinner table, and he'd be absolutely fantastic, and he'd be so open about what they did and how mm. they do things and and his his determination. So in my mind, when you describe that story, I've got Joe Pesci and Goodfellas having a laugh and a joke and then all of a sudden you say the wrong thing and it just, the room yeah, goes yeah. quiet and it's like what 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 do you well, mean? The, I think I is think that how he is you're, you're a little bit on eggshells with him yeah you definitely oh, yeah. yeah definitely i think there's everyone everyone would say that about him as well there's always a bit of an air of uncertainty because you, you're not quite sure now on to press box with mike calvin alongside danny kelly and simon jordan and sean custis and of course press box is just the name of a show in a normal studio nothing to do with the press well, I suppose it is to do with the press, actually, but certainly nothing to do with a box. You've got the argument being advanced by Mike 
uh, Michael earlier on in the show that you can't have this dictatorial mentality anymore with, with modern day footballers. Yeah, on the flip side of it, they are still young men, formative, influenced, and having a large dis- a large amount of disposable cash. Cash because we've got into this psyche now that eighteen year old kids getting paid twenty thirty thousand pounds a week is just acceptable, and everyone seems to think there's no challenge for that. The difficulty is is that there's so many different influences, and the ones that often players should listen to aren't the ones they will listen to. You, you know, I can often remember younger players at, at Palace during my time, often because of the old lag mentality, thinking the chairman was the enemy, and, old, you know, despite the fact you paid his wages, or paid their wages, their agent was the person that they'd listen to. Their agent was the person that was, you know, signing up every single deal for them, always had something in it for the agent. So it's a very difficult, a very difficult scenario, Danny. In, in, an, in an ideal world, what other profession provides support for people that are in their 20s because ultimately they are young no other no other profession does but this is a public domain business with high octane high interest and 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 ultimately people with a lot of disposable income i i find it difficult to come down either side you'd like to think i would like to think that there's an inclusive mentality inside football clubs where you feel that you want to help if the help is required the difficulty is is the tipping point where the player where the player wants their help or doesn't want their help. You know, football has a, a duty of care, and you know, that's a very easy thing to trot out. Um, I think in terms of, uh, I've, I've been into prison um, several times to speak to former footballers, but they were the ones who fell through the academy net. You know, there were the the eighteen year olds who needed to sustain the bling culture. They released at 18, yeah. and the next thing they know, they've got themselves a blacked up BMW, yeah, and, yeah. They're, and they're dealing. You go into into prison and it's a really interesting process because the humility is scared out of them. Uh, one particular lad that I that I that I met, he told everyone in the prison that he was he was a bricklayer. He never let on that he was a, prof- a former professional yeah. footballer because he knew he said I would get slaughtered in here because I have wasted the chance that people in here would would die for. So it's a really it's a really interesting com- uh, conversation to have about what responsibility the clubs have. Senior pros, they make their mistakes. You know, their their particular bed, they'll lie on it. But I think but they've got aca- legal teams and stuff to back yeah, them up. But with acad- with a, with academy kids, especially the ones who are rejected from the system, I think more needs to be done in terms of the duty of care for well, them. And one other thing, Simon, and you'll have come across this in your time as well, the only yeah. other thing I think, I don't think the football clubs, you know, once they're adults and out there in the world, they've got to kind of take responsibility for themselves. Mm. But one thing I will say, Simon, and I noticed this because um, Spurs always been saying they don't have a great relationship with their ex-players, whereas Arsenal often do, but I've noticed in recent years Spurs really stepped up to the plate, and I'm sure other clubs do it as well, with the generation of players didn't earn the big money sure. and are now need hip replacements and things mm. like that because of the contribution they made to the football club. And I know well, that football that's clubs... The P- that's the PFA's responsibility, quite really? frankly. Really? Oh, absolutely, of course it is. That's the union. That's the union sitting on £30 million of a cash and getting £27 million a year out of TV deals. That's absolutely their responsibility. But going to Michael's point... Look, that's you know, me tell. You know, but it, but it is Dan. It can't be the responsibility mm. of the football club. The football club's job is to pay your wages. You choose to be a footballer, and it goes with the territory. But going into the academy situation, I, I would agree with it to some extent, but I don't because I think clubs now are so focused on safeguarding, safe safekeeping kids. They're so focused on the scholastic side of it as well because it's an mm. obligation upon the, the 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 academies to make sure that kids 
are still educated because in the older, you know, 10, 20 mm. years ago, kids would be thrown out of the system and they would they were hallmarked to be footballers. They didn't bother continuing with their education and then were left high and dry with A, no football career because they didn't make it and B, sort of sacrificing their education. And they're not, clubs are not allowed to do that now and also clubs are ranked and graded by the scholastic achievements of those kids. So whilst it's disappointing that young men may not get their chosen profession, it is a fact of life. Paul Hawksby here, and you're listening to TalkSport Daily. Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz and the Bypassal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertz and the Channelized Bimbingus at the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. This episode of the TalkSport Daily is brought to you by Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Planning to hire or share a car or van? Enterprise is there every step of the way. Whenever and wherever you need a vehicle and whatever it's for, Enterprise can help. With over 450 locations across the UK, they're just around the corner. Whether you need a weekend rental, a holiday hire, a replacement car or you're planning a business trip, home or away, Enterprise are there to help. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. On now to Hawksby and Jacobs. Now, sad news because Paul Hawksby wasn't in. So instead, they ran a competition to find the worst presenter on the planet and they got him. So sit back and relax and listen to Rushton and Jacobs. No live insects will be eaten this year. They're getting rid of that section of the show. Are they using taxidermied insects? <laughs> no. What are they, what are I, they doing? I thought we need va- vegan insects <laughs> made from plant-based <laughs> materials. Well, no, I think that's probably a good thing, isn't it? I've got more insect news. Um, <laughs> have you got? So I've got more insect news. <laughs> have you? Here we go. Yeah, I've got one about a really fast ant. Really? Yeah. Uh, the it, desert-dwelling ant has been confirmed as one of the fastest animals on the planet. Proportionate to its size, Saharan silver ants emerge from their nests for only a few minutes around midday when the creatures that predate... Is the headline Usain Ant? (laughs) Or Usain Bolt? Usain Bolt is better, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Linford Christant. They have two defences against the blistering sun's rays. They cover 85.5 centimetres a minute, a record for any ant. Um, there are moments when they fly through the air with all six of their legs off the ground at once. In oh. other words, they gallop. The galloping it's a bit like, yeah, it's a bit like a horse, ant. isn't it? With mm. yeah, that's a, you could get very, really, very really tiny jockeys. Well, I know a man who you? know all about that and be fascinated by mm-hmm. it. Would be Professor Jack Longino. Yes, good, mo- good afternoon, Jack Longino. <laughs> Sixty-three. I don't yeah. know why you need to know that. He's an ant expert who right. scoured the world for new species but found one in his back garden. I think it's highly suspicious myself. <laughs> <laughs> Surely. It's a, you know, it's a bit of a coincidence. What did he say? It? Did he say, I just, I went off to Pizza Express and then I came back. <laughs> <laughs> I came out and there I was. There was a non-sweating ant <laughs> in my back garden. Right. 
Back now to breakfast with Danny Mills talking Spurs and Pochettino. If Pochettino is to leave, it's on his terms. I think he's done so much for that club on a relatively tight budget. You know, the players that he hasn't been able to bring in, he hasn't been able to strengthen. He's brought all the youth players through. He's added so much value to those players. If you got rid of him, who would come in? I, I don't see that. I cannot see... It's a blip. You know, it's one not great season. You know, they're, they're still there, going to be there or thereabouts come the end of the season. OK, they've lost too many games recently. They did get to the Champions League final. But if you don't invest in the team, if you don't give him the ability to compete with other teams around him, what do you expect? You know, we, we saw it. It's a similar sort of situation with what happened maybe at Southampton. They kept producing all these players. They kept selling them on at the other end. And suddenly it comes back to bite you. And maybe this is just what's happening to Tottenham mm. at the moment. He's, he's almost, he was so successful and so brilliant at bringing players through. They just went, just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. And of course, you, that doesn't last forever. And finally, on to the Andy Goldstein Sports Bar. Without Andy Goldstein, he is here. And actually, he's probably in bed asleep now, actually, while you're listening to this. Unless, of course, you're listening to it at 4pm, then he's obviously on drive time. In which case, press stop now, listen to Drive Live with me and Funboy, and then go back to this. Anyway... Fun boy was with Gary O'Neill on the sports bar. Have a listen. Roll the ball! Take it! Take it! Take it! job. Should we gas his job? I did do it a couple of weeks ago. Right, here we go. You ready? Go on in, guys. Go on. Here we go. All aboard! Okay, yeah, turn it off, turn it off. We made a right hash of that. I hadn't had any drinks or anything, but I needed, I needed the toilet. And I wasn't familiar with the venue, but I realised I needed to use the toilet quite quickly. So I ran into the, I ran into the toilet, locked myself into a cubicle, and I'm doing what I need to do. Right. The next thing, I hear loads of kids in the toilet, because it said, it's a christening, there's, there's kids there, they're running around making noises and stuff. And then I hear a bang on the door, uh, and I go, someone's in here. <laughs> then I hear a woman's voice come in, telling the kids off. Saying, get out, what do you get out of here? You shouldn't be running around, stop playing in here. And one of the kids goes, There's a man in there. And it's at this point that I've realized I don't think I paid attention to the sign on the door on the way in. There's nowhere, there's no going back. And I've got to get out of there, realizing that I'm in the ladies' toilet and knowing full well that there's a woman outside obviously wanting me to explain myself. The first thing That's we do as men, issue, yeah. our, eyes, our eyes are all over the wall. Where's the nurse urinal? Isn't it? That's our first yeah. thing we go, unless you... Yeah. So clearly you've not scanned the, to- yeah, the toilet. No, I, was, I, was, I was caught relatively short. I wasn't looking for a urinal. No, no, I got that. Well, if you were, that would have been, been a right mess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that one as well, yeah. So what did you do? Yeah. Grabbed a handful of tissue paper, put it on my nose. This is after, not 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 not, not that one. Obviously, I've finished everything else. Yeah. Grabbed some tissue paper, yeah. walked out of the cubicle with it on my nose, saying, "I'm ever so sorry. I've had a really bad nosebleed. Um, right. I just needed to get some paper quickly." I d- I don't think she bought it, um, but. The worst thing is, is because I've committed to that lie, yeah. I then have to sit there for the next 20 minutes oh, in the yeah, room. You get yourself in a web of, with, web of conceit yeah. and lies. And just, I'm yeah. stood there then. I'm sat, I'm sat mm. there then with a massive thing of tissue paper on my face, with my head tilted backwards. 
That never looks good coming out of a toilet anyway, does it? <laughs> no, not re- no, no, never, never, no. never. But uh, no, I just wondered what... Um, no, what, well, I mean, I wouldn't have gone down that route. Thanks for the call, Aaron. I wouldn't have gone down that route. I, 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 think, I think, you know what? Sometimes honesty is just the best policy. Yeah, you just say sorry. Just say, you look, look, I mean, what, what, what's the... I mean, the police could get called, of course. There is always that. Yeah. You know? But I don't know whether the police They're are going to... They're not going to arrest get... you for being needing to use no. the toilet quickly and not checking the door. No. Right? Well, that's it for another podcast. I'll tell you what, not bad, actually. A lot of people have... In fact, I've just got an email. here. says, uh, Andy, I'm so glad you're back now doing the TalkSport Daily podcast. I mean, it was okay last week, but uh, certainly not the same without you. Glad to have you back at TalkSport, although I do enjoy your snooker coverage on Eurosport. Without doubt, the best snooker presenter on the telly. But good to have you back at TalkSport. Will you be doing the Andy Goldstein Trans Europe show on Sunday now you're back? Yes, I will. So there's uh, the answer to that email that I wrote earlier on. Anyway... Thanks so much for your time. Happy downloading, everyone. And, of course, there'll be another one of these at the same time-ish tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. Hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertzen the Bypassal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertzen the Channelized Bimbingus at the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how.